thank you for joining us here today at Victory Church, where we pray big prayers to a big God and we expect big results. If you have any questions or you want to find out about who we are, visit us online at victory.church or download our mobile app. Now let's check out today's message. Church, how are we all doing this morning? Everybody doing okay? <laughs> Greetings uh, from the mothership here at Victory Church. Those of you watching online, we, uh, we welcome you no matter where you're watching from. Uh, thank you for tuning in this morning. Uh, from, we know that we have people watching in other states, other countries. I want to say hello to Edmond Campus. Love you guys so much. And before I even jump into the Word today, I want to thank and show my appreciation for the leadership uh, here at Victory Church. And whenever I uh, take a couple of weeks off, nothing skips a beat. Uh, Pastor Wade last week brought an amazing word on hope. The week before that, Pastor Oscar took us from a, from a sigh to a song. And that, that is, I can't tell you what that means to me as a lead pastor, that I don't have to bring in a guest speaker. <laughs> we don't need a guest speaker. We have some speakers here in the house uh, that can bring a good word. And I just want to show my appreciation. Pastor Wade, love you. Great word. Pastor Oscar, amazing word. Love you guys. Oscar reached out to give me a hug. I'll give you one later, Pastor Oscar. Uh, no, seriously, I, I'm so appreciative of, of both of those uh, men, but also just the entire staff uh, of pastors and, and administrative staff here at Victory Church. It's, an, it's a joy to, to work with them. Uh, I want to continue this, this little mini-series we're doing through the month of December uh, on The King is Coming, and it's an Advent series. We're talking about Advent, and Advent means the coming, and we're talking about, obviously, the days of, of the Christmas season and the coming Christ and, and what that meant during that time, but we also are, are mindful in, in 2020 that it also means the second coming. <laughs> And sometimes I'm like, Jesus, come quick, Lord Jesus, you know, like any day now, come on, just, just do this. Um, but we're, we're talking about this as the, the king is coming. And I was thinking through this because kind of the, the four weeks of this, of Advent, it, it goes through this, this rhythm of hope is first, and that was Pastor Wade last week. Today we're going to talk about peace, okay? Next week uh, we will talk about joy. I can't wait for that one because we need, we need to smile a little more often. And then the fourth one will be love, and we'll talk about love. And I was mindful of the fact that if you go to the book of Galatians and you look at the fruits of the Spirit, it's interesting because the Advent uh, is, is there in the fruits of the Spirit. The first four fruits of the Spirit are love, joy, peace, and patience, and patience could be deemed as hope. So it's in the reverse order, but it's the same fruits of the Spirit. It's, it's the same as Advent. It's hope, it's peace. It's joy and it's love. And, and you know, we, we, we talk about or we hear about Advent every Christmas season. I'll tell you one thing, 2020, I am way more pressed into Advent than I've ever been pressed in before. Because if there's anything we need right now, it's hope, it's peace, it's joy, and it's love. And so I really hope you'll press into this, this series throughout the month of December and don't see it as a cute little Christmas series 
But see, it is really something that we all need to really press into and receive something from, from the Lord during this month. So today we're going to talk about peace, okay? I'm going to give you two passages of Scripture to launch this off. In Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, these will be familiar passages to you in the Christmas season. Isaiah 9, 6 says, for, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government, this should, give, this should bring you peace, just this statement right here, and the government will rest on his shoulders. No, one, no one's shoulders, but his. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Luke chapter 2, verse 11 through 14, the Christmas story says this, Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes, in cloths, and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, now they could have said anything. This heavenly host that appeared, praising God, they could have said anything, and this is what they said. They said, glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. The title of my message today, and the pun is intended, getting my peace of the pie. All right? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time, and we need your peace. Um, we are lost without it, and if there's anything we need today, it's, it's your peace. And so I pray that you would help me uh, bring your words to deliver not my peace, not my words, not a peace of my mind, but your peace. Help your peace be transcendent in this room, at the Edmund campus, in every living room, every uh, room in which this is streaming to. We thank you for it. We love you for it. And God, we pray that the thunder know what they're doing. Please. We're not sure, but we pray that they know what they're doing. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. 2020 was, is, and forever will be remembered by a stressful year. It's been, it's been a little stressful. And I was even thinking about stress this week. And, you know, we hear things about avoiding stress and, and all these kind of things, but I'm not sure stress can be avoided. Stress is always going to be there for us, knocking on the door, no matter if it's 2020 or 2030 or 2025 or 20, you know, 05. Uh, it's there. It's stress. It, it's, it's really not an, an idea of us avoiding stress. You, I had this kind of this thought, you know why you're stressed? Because you care. You care about your country. You care about your finances. You care about your health. You care. And when you care about something, you make yourself susceptible to stress. And so unless you want to say, I just don't care anymore, stress is always going to be present and available for you. And so I don't think we should avoid stress. I think we should learn how to manage it. I think we should learn what to do with it and to learn that there's something more powerful than stress. And to learn something that stress is actually something that can be used. What do you mean by that, John? Well, ask an architect. An architect will tell you that stress is something that they use and they craft stress in a way to where they can actually take stress and strain and pressure and cause it to support a structure. And here in just a little bit, you're sitting down now, but in just a little bit, you're going to stand up. And guess what? When you stand up, you're going to put stress on your body. You're going to put strain on your bones. You're going to put stress on your muscles. But you still need to stand up. You're going to be looking like Jabba the Hutt, right? 
so the question isn't, can I avoid stress? The question is, what do we do with it? What do we do with stress? And the even greater question is, can I find peace on the inside while I'm surrounded by turmoil on the outside? Instead of us waiting for 2020 to be over, which by the way, just so you know, I'm not trying to be Debbie Downer, but I am preparing my heart and my mind for 2020 version 2.0. And then if I'm surprised, then I'm great. But I have to say, you know what? Even if 2021 is worse than 2020, oof. I'm gonna figure out how to stay peaceful on the inside. I'm not gonna let it, I'm not gonna let it rule me. I'm not gonna let that rule me. And for some reason, we always say, this is what we always say. You see it in the movies. When somebody passes away, and they're standing, you know, at the graveside or they're standing over the body, they'll say these words, rest in peace. As though peace can only be found after you die. Because I want to take you back to this passage. Watch this passage. We read it a while ago. This is what the heavenly host said when they came in verse 14. They said, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace. Not peace in heaven, Not peace when the elections are over. Not peace when fill in the blank. No, peace right where you are right now. It's available to you, this peace that surpasses our understanding. And so Christmas, probably this year, probably more than any Christmas in at least my lifetime, I'm more mindful than ever of peace on earth, goodwill toward men. And I want to talk to you about, about peace for just a little, while, a little while today. And what I want to do is I want to take you on a tour of the Bible. We're going to jump all over the place. And I'm going to show you uh, three different things, three, three ways or three, three elements or three reminders or instructions, better yet, about peace. And we're going to take a little tour through the Bible. So the first place I want to take you to, first destination, is Psalm 29, okay? So Psalm 29, you can follow along on version if, uh, if you have a hard time keeping up with all the verses that we throw out and all the points. If you go to version and then type on the events tab, you can actually find your church, Victory Church, and you can, all my notes are right there, okay? So you can follow along there. You can actually go on to that and type in your own notes and then email them to yourself later, okay? So that's something that's available. So Psalm 29, 11, it says, the Lord gives strength to his people, And the Lord blesses his people with peace. It's a blessing. So the first thing I want you to write down if you're taking notes is this. Take peace. Take it. So so let me show you another one. John chapter 14, verse 27. This is Jesus telling them he's about to leave this earth. And he says, peace I leave with you and my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. If somebody comes to you and says, I'm giving you something, guess what you have to do? Take it. And if you don't take it, the gift remains unused. And so the first thing we need to know about peace is it is something that is always available to us, but if we don't take it, it goes unused. So we have to be constantly mindful of this. And this idea that there is a piece of the pie. So we were at Thanksgiving. I love pecan pie. Um, Can I get an amen? Amen. Okay, that's the loudest amen I've ever gotten at church. I love pecan pie. How about the pumpkin pie? Okay, that's a little bit bigger. But I like pecan pie. I love it. And whenever I would walk over to the piece of the, the pie, 
I could look at that and go, that's my piece. <laughs> and if you try to take my piece, I will cut you because that's my piece. Like that is, that's mine and I'll fight you for it. My dad's getting older, I can take him. It's, I can take him. <laughs> it's my piece. I will take you out. This is my piece of the pie. What if God has cut you a nice, warm piece of peace? And you have to say, that piece is mine. And I'm going to take it. It's yours for the taking. But you have to step out and take this. Now, this word give, because in John chapter 14, Jesus says, my peace I give to you. Now, this word give in Greek, it means to bestow, to supply, to furnish, to entrust. Now, I like the last one. To appoint to an office. He has appointed that piece of peace to you, and it's yours. It's been appointed to you. And so Christ appointed us to a position called peace. It's in, it's in a, now, in basketball, if you go into a zone defense, what you'll tell a defender is you'll say, this area is yours. Take it. Yeah. Anybody comes into this area, it's yours for the taking. What if, this is, I just want to pose a, a what if. What if we stopped looking at peace as an option? And what if we started looking at peace as more of an assignment than an invitation? And now, why would you think that it's an assignment? Because I want to show you the, the second part of this verse, okay? So you, we read the first part of the verse. The first part of the verse says, my peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give as the world gives. Now, watch the second part of this verse, because in, in the second part, he says, do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid. Does that sound like an invitation or a command? What if we looked at peace as the Lord's, not invitation, but instruction? I want, I want you to stop worrying and being anxious, and I am instructing you to take what I have already given you. Now, these two words, do not let your heart be one, troubled and two, afraid, troubled and afraid. Let's look at these words. We're going to break these words down. In the Greek, these words mean, the troubled is the Greek word tarasso, and it means to be disquieted, to render anxious or distressed. Now watch, to cause inward commotion. Do not allow the inward part of you to become restless, to, be, have, to have commotion. The word afraid means to be timid or fearful. So what you're saying is to everything around you, whether it's a person, whether it's a, whether it's a bank account, whether it's the news, whether it's the government, whether it's a situation, whether it's a, 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 a person, what you're saying is I will not allow you to take my peace. You can't take my peace. You cannot make me become troubled and you cannot make me become afraid. My son, uh, Jace, he's, he's really good. I think he's going to be good at basketball. Um, he's got the skills and he's got the, the coordination, but what he has that I have to figure out how to rise up with him in is he's timid. When I'm at home with him playing, he, he's a great shooter. He's got great ball handling skills, but he's just too polite. And my daughter kind of went through this phase in basketball and I would be like, I'll give you a dollar for every foul you get in this game. I just, I'll bribe him. I'll just bribe him, whatever I got to do. And Jace, Jace is kind of in this season where he's like just a little too polite. You know, there's a loose ball on the floor and he's run over to it. Oh, you, oh, you're there first. You take it, you know? <laughs> so 
what, here's, here's what I think about the enemy sometimes. I think the enemy doesn't have to take you out of the game. He just, has, he just needs you to play timid. He just wants us to play the game with no peace, with timidity. He wants us to be troubled and afraid. Because if you're troubled and afraid, you won't play the game the way that you're capable of playing the game. So watch this passage. Let me show you this other passage in 2 Thessalonians. I tell you, we're just going on a tour of the Bible because peace is all through Scripture. Now watch this in 2 Thessalonians 3.16. It says, now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace. But then I like the last part the best. At all times and in every way. May the, may the Lord of peace give you peace sometimes. When everything's working out the way that you want it to work out. When everything is peaceful in your life. No, it says, let it, let it be done at all times. He's, now, think about it this way. The Lord of peace is continually dishing out peace. You know what you have to do? Take it. Take it. And every single day, you're going to have to go back to the well and draw peace. In fact, multiple times a day. And this is the good thing, is that it's always there when we need it. Anytime you need it, it's there for us to partake in. I got to exercise this. I always get to exercise what I'm preaching on the week that I'm preaching on it. And uh, earlier in the week, I've, I've told you that we get several nice little emails from our lovely sheep sometimes. Um, <laughs> And, and lately, we've gotten lots of emails about masks, you know, and, and they're just so joyful. So much fun. <laughs> and Thursday night, I was about to go to bed. And I made the mistake of looking at my email inbox, and I had a cute little email um, from somebody. And, 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 Michelle, and I, Michelle came in the room, and we were about to go to sleep, and, and she could see on me that I was just like, I was, I wasn't mad at all. I was actually worried. I was anxious. You know, I, I'm a shepherd. I care about the sheep. Yeah, yeah. And, and whether it's a good email or a bad email, I don't care. I, 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 I'm concerned about the sheep and I'm concerned about our safety and I'm concerned about the health and I'm concerned on, on, about you, I'm concerned about you. And I was just so restless and I got up and I was like, I can't, I can't go to sleep. And I went into the office and I sat down to reply to this email. And I just had to say, I just had to practice what I preach. Imagine that. And I had to say, you know what, Lord? I know that your peace is available. And I take it. I need it. I receive it. And I had to just stop for a moment and say, I know that his peace is there. And the piece of pie for this moment is the one that I need to partake of. And so I just had to stop and remind my soul to stop worrying, to stop being anxious, to stop being afraid, and to, to reply to this email in a loving way, in a, in a kind way, as a shepherd should care for his sheep. And then I was able to go back to bed and to sleep peacefully. And so I just want us to be reminded all the time that it's available at all times, even in 2020. And not just at all times, but in all ways, his peace is available in every way, emotionally, mentally, financially, politically, 
put the L-Y at the end of any word you want to describe a way that you're anxious, and his peace applies to that too. His peace is there for us if we'll take it. Okay, let's go to the next one. Let's go over. I want to show you another one. Let's transport over to Isaiah, okay? Let's go to Isaiah chapter 26. I like this one a lot. This one's really good. Isaiah 26, 3 through 4. It says, you will keep in perfect peace. That's interesting. It's like, is there an imperfect peace? If it's saying there's perfect peace. It's cool, though. If you go look up the original language in Hebrew, this word perfect peace, the word perfect and the word peace are the same word in Hebrew. It says, you will keep in shalom, shalom. It's like a double portion. Now, he says, you will get to keep in it. Say it with me. Say, keep. You will keep in shalom, shalom, a double portion of peace. And then it gives us the prerequisites. Those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. Trust in the Lord forever, for the Lord himself is the rock eternal. Number two, if you're taking notes, number one, we've got to take it. Number two, keep it. Keep peace. And what I've realized is it's not just there for the taking. It's that if I'm going to take something, I want to keep it. I don't want to give it up. I want to retain it. I want to keep peace with me. This word keep in the Hebrew is the Hebrew word natser, and it means to preserve, to defend, to watch, to guard from danger. And finding that peace is not easy right? So I, I want to be sure and keep it. And so this passage gives, a, gives us the way to keep it. That's what I love about the scriptures is he'll say what you need to do. And then he'll say, this is what you need to do to do that. And this is a passage where he does that. He says, those whose minds, your thoughts are steadfast, steadfast. Now what does steadfast mean? Stead, that you break these two words down. Stead means to place something. Like I'm going to place this iPad here. I've I placed it there. And fast means immovable. It means once it's there, it shall not be moved. It's not, I'm going to put my mind in a place of truth and it's going to become immovable. And if I will line up my thoughts with the truth of what scriptures say and then say, come hell or high water, it's not going to move. Guess what comes? Peace. Peace. Because it's established on truth. Both the Hebrew word, both the Hebrew word and the Greek word means, for, for steadfast, means immovable and unshakable. Okay? And so according to the prophet Isaiah, according to the prophet Isaiah, there are two secrets to keeping peace. The first one is keep your mind immovable. Keep your mind immovable. Find truth and keep it. No matter what your friends say, no matter what social media says, no matter what the news says, no matter what the situation says, no matter what your boss says, no matter what rumors happening in the corporate America around you about layoffs coming, the truth is that he is my provider, not a boss. So I I find my truth in the immovability of scripture and I plant myself there. And the only only place you're going to go to find peace is to go back to the place of immovable where you have put that. So according to Isaiah, let's go back to the verse. I'll read it for you again. It says, you will keep in perfect peace, shalom, shalom, double portion. Those who, those whose minds are steadfast, steadfast. 
The second thing that Isaiah, the prophet, tells us, two secrets in keeping peace. The second one is this. Trust. Trust in the Lord. So I set my mind on something that's immovable, the truth of Scripture, and then I place my trust, I place my hope there. It says this in verse 3 and 4. It says, you will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. That's why. The only way you can be steadfast is if you place your trust in the Lord and lean not on your own understanding, lean not on somebody else's understanding, lean not on the opinions of others, lean not on what the, your eyes see, your physical eyes, but what your spiritual eyes see. It's, it's becoming immovable. Verse four, trust in the Lord forever. For the Lord, the Lord himself is the rock eternal. So what you stand upon is not your thoughts. It's not somebody else's opinion. You're standing on the only thing that has any immovability to it. It's the rock. You know what the rock is? Jesus. I'm standing on the word, the only thing that is sustainable. Whenever we went uh, for Thanksgiving, there's this, this place we went, there's this little trail, and it ends on this big cliff, this big overhang, and you walk out, and there's this big rock, and you stand on this rock, and you can just look out over this huge valley, and I was standing up there, and I was thinking about this, this idea of the rock eternal. And I had this amazing view. I was up above everything, and I could see everything. And I was thinking to myself, man, I got a great spot here. And then I'm reminded that I look down, and I'm like, well, the only reason I'm standing here is because of this rock. I'm not standing up here. I'm standing on the rock that's placed me up here. And this is our perspective of the world. And if I'm not careful, I can get off that rock and go down into the valley and be worried about the creek that could rage and, and wash over me. And I could worry about a mountain lion that could come and attack me. And I could worry about any other thing or a snake that I could step on. But when I stand up on the rock and I look out, I can see things from a different perspective. And I can stand from the safety of this rock. And this rock has elevated me above the circumstances below me. And this is what Isaiah is saying. If you really want peace, trust the rock. Amen. Trust the rock. And if you're, you're worried and you're anxious, check your stance. Where are you standing? Are you standing on the rock or are you standing on your feelings? And this is Isaiah telling us and, and, and telling us over and over again, hey, keep it. Keep it. Take peace and keep it. And every day, every moment of every day, you will have the opportunity to become anxious. It can be a phone call. It can be a news press release. It can be a headline. It can be somebody saying something to you. It can be a, 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 a check that isn't as big as you thought it was going to be. Whatever it is can cause anxiousness. And we have to look down at our feet and say, where am I standing at? Am I standing on the truth? Am I standing on the word? Am I standing? I'm not going to let the world take my peace. I'm not going to let Lester Holt and the nightly news take my peace. I'm going to keep it. It's mine. I'm not going to give it to you. I'm going to hold on to it. I'm not going to let financial concerns take it. I'm not going to let my boss take it. This is my peace. Boss, you can't have it. God cut this piece of pie for me and I'm going to keep it. I'm going to hold on to it. I'm going to retain it because when I partake of this peace, it changes me. And it doesn't just change me. It changes my family. Yeah. You know, it doesn't just change me. It changes people around me. You, have you ever been sitting in an office, sitting in a, a meeting, being in a room and the leader, another person comes in the room and you can just sense the anxiousness on them. Do you know what's contagious? Anxiety. 
Do you know what's also contagious? Peace. Peace. Peace be still. Peace be still. It's contagious. And so that's what we have to be mindful of is our anxiety and our worry and our fear is not just impacting us and our health. It's impacting the health of others around us. And mothers, be careful. Fathers, be careful. Grandparents, be careful of how you talk, think, act around your children and your grandchildren because you are placing your anxiety upon them. Okay, let's go, let's go to another passage of Scripture. How are we doing? Oh, we're doing good. Okay. Flip over to Colossians. This one's fun, too. Colossians chapter 3, verse 15. Colossians 3.15 says this, And let the peace... Let it. Let peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called, that's strong, you are called to live in peace. And always be thankful. Let the message about Christ and all its richness fill your lives. Number one, we have to take peace. Number two, let's keep it. And number three, let it. Let it. Let peace. So what the, the author of Colossians is saying, hey, it's there, let it. Peace is trying to get in, let it come in. Peace is trying to overtake your life, let it happen. Jesus is like standing at the door, knocking, saying, hey, I want to bring peace into your life, let it happen. Peace is there for us, for the taking, for the keeping, and for the letting. The peace of Christ is ready and able and willing to rule your heart, but you have to let it in. You have to, this is what I had to do whenever I walked into my office at 10.30 at night when I need to go to bed. I don't like staying up late. 10.30, it might as well be one in the morning for this guy because I'm like, 10.30 is like crazy late for me, okay? I'm, I'm, I don't know, I'm just old or something. I don't know. I love to go to bed. I had to let it and I had to remind myself that peace is there. I got to open the door and let this peace come in and not, and not be wrapped up with worry and concern about what could be or what could become of this and to let peace rule in my life in this way. Three things under, under let, real quickly, three things you need to know about letting peace in. Okay, how, do, how do we make this happen? Number one, keep this in mind. Peace is a choice. It's a choice. This word rule, so he says, let peace rule in your heart. This word rule, it, it means this in the Greek. It means to decide, so it's a choice. To determine, to direct and to be an umpire. Like, you get to call the shots. What, what God is saying is peace is here, but you decide. You get to decide if you're going to let peace come in or not. So we let it, we let it rule, we, we decide, we determine that it comes into our heart. Now this word heart in the Greek is the Greek word cardia, which where we get our word cardiologist, right? Heart doctor. And it means this, it means the innermost part, your soul, to become part of your, like this, to become part of your character. Do you know that peace could actually be so ingrained into you that it becomes a part of who you are? Yeah. And people talk about you, and they're like, yeah, that Roger guy, man, he is just a peaceful soul. What, mean, what does that mean? It means that you're not peaceful every once in a while. It means that you are peaceful so often that people are like, that's his character. Why? Because you've let it come into your heart. And these are what values are. These are core values. We have core values as a church. And when we have core values, what we're saying is everything that we do as a church must pass through this filter. And when it comes out, picture coffee. You want vanilla? 
if you want your coffee to taste like vanilla, you're going to make all that water pass through this filter. And when the liquid comes out on the other side, everybody tastes the same thing. It's a value. And we have values. We pray big prayers to a big God and we expect big results. What does it do? It builds our faith as a body. We're talking the same. When we say, I want peace to become a part of who I am, we make it a value. And that's what the scripture is saying. We let it rule in our hearts. We pass it down so much into our hearts, into our innermost being, that it becomes a part of our character. When people name us, they're reminded of peace. Peace is a choice. And it must be chosen not once a week on Sunday morning, not once a month, every day. Over and over and over and over and over again. The Bible says peace is a gift from God, which means you have a choice every day to unwrap it. It's a gift. You can either unwrap it and receive it, or you can leave it on the shelf. Every day, take it, take it. That, that passage also says this in the, in, at the end of verse 15. It says, for as members, catch this, as members of one body, you are called to live in peace. Called. That makes it, that makes it just different to me. So, so the second thing we need to know about letting peace in is peace is a name. It's not just an action. It can become a name. Let me show you this. Let me tell you why I think this. This word called, okay? Paul says you are called to live in peace. This word called is the, is the Greek word kaleo. And this word called is translated as to receive the name of, to salute one by name or title, to give a name to someone. And, and the Lord is saying, I have called you peace. I have given you the name peace, if you'll take it. It can become such a part of your character, such a part of who you are, that it can become something that you're called by. Just, um, just live, God is saying, just live by the name that I've already given you. I've given you this name, I want you to live by it. So in, in our vernacular, peace, if you look up the word peace, um, in the dictionary, there's a few different definitions, but one of them, the main one that we kind of know in our, in our Western culture mindset, peace is literally translated as the absence of war. It's literally what it is translated as. It just, it just means you're not at war. But in, in, in Hebrew, the word shalom does not mean that. It, it transcends that. In, in fact, over, over 200 times in the Old Testament, shalom is mentioned. And, you know, you try to go into a deep dive of trying to translate the word shalom into English, buckle up. You're going on a deep dive, and I'm not sure anyone's found the bottom of that ocean yet. So I, I did just a, a quick study, and I, I tried to compile a bunch of different English words of theologians trying their best to describe shalom. Okay, now I'm just going to throw these at you. You ready? To be safe, sound, healthy, perfect complete. It signifies a sense of well-being and harmony within and without. Completeness, wholeness, health, welfare, safety, soundness, tranquility, prosperous, fullness, rest, harmony, the absence of agitation or discord, a state of calm without anxiety or stress. You go to Israel, people will greet you. Shalom. Shalom. 
They're not saying, the absence of war. <laughs> May you not kill anyone today, you know? <laughs> and we kind of think that, like, how was your day? Oh, it was peaceful. I didn't kill anyone. It was great, <laughs> you know? No, this word shalom is something that we have yet to grasp in our Western culture. And when they say shalom, what they're saying is may you be complete. May you be complete. May you be whole. May every aspect of your life inside and out, regardless of what's happening around you, may you live in perfect peace. Shalom, 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 shalom. And this is what we're to learn. This is what we're to take. These are the names that God calls us. Take it. First of all, take it. God calls you peace. Receive it. Keep it. Let it. Let it. Let it soak in. Worried is not your name. Anxious is not your name. It's not who you are. You don't have to receive that name. And when you start to feel anxious, you need to throw that name to the side and put on the coat of peace and say, no, this is my name. I don't live by that. Frustrated is not your name, even though 2020 has tried to call you that repeatedly. Doubtful is not your name, even though 2020 has tried to convince you that everything is doubtful. It's, it's, it's not our name. You are called to peace. You're called to it. Answer by it. Answer by it. The third thing about peace, so peace is a choice, peace is a name, and then my favorite one is peace is a purpose. It's a purpose. So let's go back to this text. I want to show you this, this part of it, okay? Colossians 3.15. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule, where? Inside, okay? So pause. He's saying, first off, let the peace that I want to give you, my peace I leave you, the Lord of all peace gives you peace, and I want you to first, and it is important that it's first, not second. First, I want you to let it rule on the inside, and then the very next sentence he says, for as members of one body, you are called to live in peace on the outside. He's saying, live in peace with one another. Be peaceful. Don't be stirring up people. Don't be just trying to be divisive with what you say and what you post and what you think. Let peace come on the inside, and then after you've let peace come on the inside, then guess what happens? When it becomes a part of your character, it's not a moment that I was peaceful. It was like, no, it's become so much a part of my character that people on the outside are starting to notice that his spirit is at work within me. You know why, why that is? Because it's a fruit of the spirit. Peace is a fruit of the spirit. It's not a fruit of John Chastain. It's not something that I can produce. I can't produce peace. I can't, and neither can you. It's a fruit of the Spirit. And when you let the fruit of the Spirit come in and change your heart, it changes you on the inside, and then it begins to affect everything on the outside. Your kids notice. You know, Dad used to be really angry and he'd yell at us a lot. Something's different. Like, you know, you raise your hand to, to put your hand through your hair and your kids are like, oh, snap. You know, I thought, I thought you were going to hit me, Dad. There's something different. It starts to change you 
on the outside, and everyone begins to notice. So peace on the inside creates peace on the outside. So let it, let it. The Bible says that it's available to you at all times, at all times, in all things, in all ways. According to Paul, living in peace among other humans is your purpose. Let me show you again. Go back. Nicole, let's put that verse back up. They don't believe me. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts, for as one body you are called. You know, we hear people say, well, I just don't know what my calling is. I don't know what I'm called to do. According to Paul, y'all, Paul's like, you know what your purpose is? Be at peace. Love people. Stop being divisive. Stop being living in anxiety and fear and worry and doubt. You are called to be peaceful, to live at peace with other people, to live at peace with myself. And this is our calling. This is what he calls us to do. We're going to take it. What are we going to do this Christmas, Christmas season? We're going to take it, receive it. I'm going to keep it. And when I keep it, then I let it. It's something that happens on the inside and then it flows out of me to everyone on the outside. I let it come and flow. Once again, thank you for joining us today for this week's message at Victory Church, where we are called to equip people to live in His presence, move beyond themselves, and be transformed. The only way that can happen is through your radical generosity, your serving, and your prayers. If this ministry has impacted your life in any way, we would like to invite you to partner in giving towards this ministry. You can do that by visiting our website at victory.church give or download our Victory Church app and select give. Once again, thank you. And God desires for us to live life to the full.